Hey everybody, welcome to the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Andrew. This is Josh. Mushy mushy. <laughs> mushy mushy. Ooh, how international. That's Japanese for, hello, my name is Lita Marb. <laughs> Just those two words. <laughs> yes, yes. It seems to work in Japanese cinema. Today is Thursday, March 23rd, and we'll be chatting, uh, well, we'll be getting horribly off topic probably, but chatting about movies playing from the 24th through the 30th, 2017, here at the Mayfair Theater. I worked last... Sunday and walked in and the alarm was going off Mm -hmm. and texted Lee and said the alarm was going off so Lee contacted the powers that be they didn't know what was going on I waited on hold for half an hour just for them to tell me it's not us and dummy me it was a different alarm it was the uh, the basically just like at home you know when like your fire alarm starts dying and it goes boop oh it's a it's an alarm telling you the battery's dying yeah and just like at home usually at home you're guilty of just kind of like taking the battery out so you can't do that here. So a gentleman came to switch the bed. That's all it was. A gentleman? What, a did gent- he give you a hand job? He was very high class. Gentle health. He had a suit on and a top hat. A gentleman. <laughs> he was like an old chimney sweep. Yeah. But uh, it was just one of those, it was an interesting, I just brought it up brought it up because it's an interesting social experiment of, it was a very busy afternoon. Right. And there's, oh. a, there's a boop. During the movie. Boop. Just in the first few minutes. That would have worked during Rogue One. Because yeah, always that no one would have realized. <laughs> and I tried to, to some people, be like, oh, someone's coming to fix that. Someone's coming to fix that. Nobody complained. Nobody really? cared. So it's like 150, 200 human beings will walk into a building with an alarm going off, go about their business. <laughs> you know why no one complained? Because we only show good movies. Exactly, yeah. They were, if we were showing something mediocre... They'd be distracted. They'd complain about, yes. If they're watching Triple X, they'd be like... Like, when I go to Andrew's basement, I'm always complaining because he's showing me shit (laughs) all day long on his TV. (laughs) I've never been to my basement. (laughs) I've been to your basement. Remember your brother was sleeping with his hockey paraphernalia. Oh, oh, the old house. What's that little, that cat, the the senator's cat? Sparty cat? Sparty cat. Yeah. Yeah, he was like hugging him. Oh, it's it's adorable. (laughs) Well, I think that was more than hugging going on. Yes. That's the extent of my hockey knowledge. That there's a Sparta cat yes. mascot. I know. I went to see the Senators play with my son recently because we can free tickets, hockey yes, tickets. the only way to go. And no one at the Mayfair likes hockey. And so I said, Max, let's go see hockey. And so we went and we just chewed bubble gum. And yeah. uh, like Roddy, Roddy Piper and they live. <laughs> we chewed bubble gum and kicked some ass. And um, we had a good time, but... Yeah, hockey. Yeah, if you get, for Philistines. If you get free passes, you know Spider Man or Guardians of the Galaxy, then I'd be upset. <laughs> well, actually, we got free passes to go see uh, uh, Power Rangers. Oh, now, I have very, very little interest in Power Rangers. Yeah, and I got free tickets in the mail, and Max suggested that we should go, go see it and just sneak in to see. What's, oh, um, underhanded. What um, a Ghost in the Shell instead? Ah, yes. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't want to. It was nice that you wanted. The woman I book films with is on maternity leave. Ah, yes. And she, she loves me like most women do. Right. And <laughs> she's, you know, to say uh, bon farewell for nine months, she sent me these. Uh, these passes. So you have to see Power Rangers. That's how you're saying thank you for many years we've worked together. Go see Power 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 Rangers. Rangers. Speaking of, we did shockingly well with Power Rangers for our kids matinee. Yes. I was very glad. Yes, because there's a lot of virgins who are memberships. What what was interesting was I think, think, uh, you know, we, we did like 55 people or so, but it, and, and a few of our kids clubs kids came, but there was like two kids tickets sold. And it was actually like three groups of 20-year-olds and one group of like 30-year-olds, yeah. like big party groups. So it was funny that although it was tagged as our kids club, it was actually could have been like our grown-up Yeah, I club. know. <laughs> I have a lot of... I drink at a well. 
downtown yeah. called Chelysian. <laughs> yeah. And there's a few people who work there, a few people who work at the Bytown, who, who are grown men. Quote them, and they quote that movie, that movie specifically. It's amazing. Because I thought, like... <laughs> it's weird. The Power Rangers is an interesting I phenomenon. I was too old to, like, yeah, it, give a it's shit. It's still on. Like, yeah. like, it has been on in one way or another for 20-plus years, 25 years. They just keep recycling. They have so much backstock of that stock footage of people in funny costumes hitting monsters. Yeah. That it just keeps going. Okay, here are my Power Rangers connections. The only Power yes. Rangers... And I, and I want to talk about this because... Um, was mostly the second part, but quickly when I, I, I when I used to be a filmmaker, um, I had an agent in Los Angeles who wanted uh, me to pack up everything and move to Japan, right, or, or somewhere in the Orient to direct Power Rangers. He was going to get me this gig what? to work on Power Rangers, so I fired him. <laughs> <laughs> I did, and and so many years later, I guess it's 1997, My wife would force me to go camping. And uh, I was always bored. Yeah, of gunpoint. <laughs> I remember there was this new magazine. I had a subscription to a magazine called... What's a magazine? <laughs> Kong, uh, Hong Kong Action Cinema. Okay. I remember become, making friends with Colin Geddes because when I got my subscription, I got this t-shirt that said Hong Kong Action Cinema. And this t-shirt had Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Samuel Hong, Yoon Biao, Chow Yun-Fat. You know, all of them on this one t-shirt. And I walked into Suspect Video when he was just working at Suspect. Colin Geddes programs of Midnight Madness at the Toronto Film Festival. Just right. retired from that, but runs the Royal in, in Toronto. And Shudder, the new channel, the new horror film channel. Okay, yeah. And he, I walked in, he was like, oh, wow, great t-shirt. And we became friends. 1997. And in, 19, in one of those articles, it was always about martial arts cinema, f- specifically from Hong Kong. But one, re- they, did a, they did an article on a movie that played at Fantasia called Drive. Right. The Drive yeah. stars <clears throat> Mark Dacascus. And Kadeem Hardison. Kadeem, you said that lovely. Kadeem, Kadeem <laughs> Hardison, Hardison, who play who was the star of Different World, which was the spin-off oh, from yeah. the Cosby and, Show, and the late uh, Brittany Murphy, I think. Is Brittany it? Murphy's in it. Yeah, she died. I thought she was drug overdose, but it turned out it was just pneumonia. So I feel bad for oh, telling my horrible. son that she had a horrible death. Yeah, she died young, and I think her boyfriend died within a month when that happened. And Brittany Murphy is like Jar Jar Binks in this movie. She's just like, won't shut up. And it's completely annoying. And it sounds like a, a, a crappy little movie, but it, it, in my opinion, it's the best martial arts film ever made in North America. Wow, I've never it, heard of this. I know, no one has. It came on DVD once. And so my son and I, I've got lots of Lego to put together at home. Right. And what I like about doing Lego with Max is that we always put on these movies. And so I put on, we did a Mark Dacascus double bill. We put on China Strike Force with Mark Dacascus, which is sensational, directed by Stanley Tong, who recently did Kung Fu Yoga. Right. And then we put on Drive. Now Drive is, has a Power Rangers connection because the director... And the stunt coordinator were from the Power Rangers. And the okay. only thing they've ever done in their lives is Power Rangers. But they decided to take a break, come to America, and make this rinky-dink little movie with no budget called Drive, which is sensational. It played at Fantasia, and it won Best Action Scene. It beat out Drunken Master 2. It's a, a sensational kung fu movie. So as, as much as I like to pretend to hate on the Power Rangers... I, I was slapped in the face this weekend thinking, well, Drive is really good. Maybe there's something about Power Rangers I'm missing. I have to pay attention to the martial arts in that because Drive is is, is terrific. I wish I could recommend it for you to go watch. But it's... Uh, it's you, I not, never it's, released on Blu-ray. I think it's on YouTube. Oh. I, I have two DVDs. I have the Russian DVD, which is two-disc special edition because in Russia it was the number one box office film that year. But in North America, there was one DVD release that I put it in and Max started laughing at the menus because the menus came up. And it must. this must be, I think we must have been the first blue DVD ever 
authored. Made. Yeah, <laughs> it had like a films fact section, and, and you can you can look through you can go through the scenes, and just the way it was put together. It's like we asked Andrew to put together <laughs> a DVD of uh, the donkeys, the, the movie. Right, right. It's funny. Anyway, I should stop shitting on <laughs> Power Rangers because Drive. I would I would love to show it at Saturday Night Cinema. Yeah, it'd be great to show here. Yeah. But I have this crummy DVD, and when you put it in on HDTV, it's got a black bar all the way around. You know, it's right. It's kind of piss poor to watch. I'd love to find the print, uh, an HD copy. It'd be fun to show here. People would love it. It's a kind of a rip off of Rush Hour. We're probably talking too much about Drive right now. Right. <laughs> but, it, but it's. it's it's movies like that fascinate me. Is people always say, "Oh, it's a small world." I'm like, "No, it's an enormous world." Because there's movies out there we've never know, heard of, I know. and we're like the biggest geeks in the world. And there's all kinds of stuff out there that I often find that with either like Saturday cinema type stuff or Saturday morning cartoons <laughs> or that kind of stuff we screen. There's always stuff you're like, I've never heard of that before. Well, don't miss this Saturday at Cinema. It's oh, going to be a yeah. doozy. It's going to mm-hmm. be a doozy. It's a 35mm print. Yeah. I can't say what it is no. because it's a super secret, but I will say this is a 35mm print. It's the only print of its kind in the world. It's insane. It's never been screened. When Marcus, our projectionist, opened the box, he cracked the seals. It's ne- it was The print, I think, was made in 1990. Right. And it's never, ever been played. There's only the one print of this. It's a masterpiece of a movie. It's it's by a legendary filmmaker, who, and this happens to be his favorite film he's ever directed. It was produced in Hollywood, this print, but the distributor decided not to release the film after all. So... You can't watch it on DVD or Blu-ray. You'll never see it again, and it's going to be a joy to your eyes. Yeah, and I've I've been I've been plugging it away on the yeah, social media and yes. stuff, and it's it's funny. I'm fascinated by this because we all kind of know the the horror story that's happened to film in the past few years yeah. of being set on fire and cut up with chainsaws and and. People who aren't in the know will often ask us, when we're playing an older film, the Power Rangers, they'll be like, oh, is that going to play on film? Or and, and we're like, no, all the film's gone. It, it, <laughs> all the film is gone, yeah. It's not even like an option, the way some people might be like, oh, I, I want to get the new Weezer album on vinyl. It's not even, mm-hmm. We don't have that option of phoning up the powers that be and being like, we would like to screen Batman 66 on yeah. film. It just doesn't exist. So that there's these weird anomalies that some and it's just like a, a, a collector friend of yours, right? Or who who we got this from? Uh, for the power? No, no, oh, sorry, no, the, the yes. secret cinema, the secret cinema, Saturday cinema. Yeah, it's 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 from a the largest print collector in the world is a guy named Harry Guerrero. He lives in in Philadelphia. He's really good friends with Quentin Tarantino, who called him while I was in his basement. Yeah, you know, they're, they're like pals because Quentin and him, I probably have the greatest personal collections. Right. Um, you know, I think maybe Alamo Drafthouse now has more films than either of them, but. You know, no one has more prints than, than Quentin Tarantino and Harry Guerrero, and they're always swapping with one another. So he, I, you know, he, he said, "I said, what's your rarest thing down here?" So he showed me this print, nah. and I had him send up. And I can't believe he lent it to us. He yeah. shouldn't have. He's an no. idiot. The, you know, it's in good hands. <laughs> the storage space, like purely thinking yeah. of it as like a, a mathematical equation. If Quentin has X amount of prints, you just imagine like there's some giant storage space, and prints are kind of. They're delicate and they're heavy, and yeah. and you got to keep care of them. Harry Guerrero's wife must hate his her husband because I went into his basement where he keeps a lot of his prints, and you can't walk around. It's it's a, it's a box on top of box on top of box. Yeah, why does this always happen? We and always forget to turn the phone off. I think that's it. Yeah, he does have a storage unit as well, but his basement is it, there's no room for nothing. 
Yeah, um, and he's got a garage that's his cinema now, and it's full of prints. And yeah, yeah. It, it takes a Blu-rays don't take up too much room. No, nope. I still think <laughs> the prints are cooler. Yeah, we could show tonight. You know, there's no option, right? But for Stranger, we can show movies like they still call me Bruce on 35 millimeter <laughs> tonight. If we want <laughs> <The> Firewalker, <laughs> Firewalker. But yeah, no, there isn't an option. The studios made it. You know, I was talking about it from the guy from uh, a cinema, an independent cinema in Toronto this past weekend, about why we moved to, to 35. And they dressed it up. The studios... You mean why we moved to digital? Why we moved to digital. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. I keep forgetting I'm speaking out loud with my mouth and not with my brain. And I'm newfie, so nothing comes out of my mouth that should, shouldn't. <laughs> nothing goes in I want. <laughs> so the, the, the studios made it seem like, oh, this is going to be more affordable. Yeah, everything will be digital now, so you don't have to spend lots of money shipping 35mm prints around. We can have more of one copy. And that all turns out to be bullshit because CCDI, the Canadian Cinema Distribution, who's about to drop off prints now, right. they deliver all the, 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 the movies to each cinema in, in Ontario. They charge us the same amount to drop off a little hard drive in, a, in a, an envelope compared to you know two big or sometimes three big heavy cans. They haven't That price didn't reduce. There seems to be still, even though it's just a digital file and you can put a digital file on any thumb drive and send it to them some theater there's like when we had moonlight the studio's like send it back right away because we need to it needs to play in another theater yeah I'm like yeah make just copy to another hard drive why is it still a problem so it's not easier or cheaper but what it is it's given studios control right yeah. so because we can't just put these movies we can put them in our system we can't press play without a key right. so on monday when I, you know, we have when we have Rocky Horror Picture Show coming up on on Saturday, I'll get a mean email from Twenty Century Fox. You better pay us everything, yeah. everything you owe, or I'm not releasing this yeah. case to you. I'm like, yeah. yeah, we've been open for 88 years, yeah. or whatever it's been, not because we 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 don't pay you guys. So anyway, they, they the studios have control, a, a lock, a glom on us. Yeah, it's funny too. The the, the only thing that's changed the wastefulness, and this is a while back, got a big. Big like FedEx envelope, seemingly with nothing in it, and I open it up, and there's a little thumb drive. <laughs> FedEx is expensive, so you think that they sent that thumb drive via FedEx? So yeah. let, let's just you know throw it a number. Say it was like twenty bucks to send yeah. to every Mayfair type theater and multiplex in Canada. Yeah. So I can't. I don't even know what the numbers on that would be. And I was like, I why didn't you just send us an email and we could download that trailer? And it's this insane. one, I remember it. Because it was Batman versus Superman. <laughs> so we didn't need. A trailer yeah. we would never show. A movie we yeah. pretty much with a gun to our head, we're not going to show that movie. <laughs> so you just wasted 20 bucks sending us that. Yeah. And you probably maybe did the same to the Bytown and the yeah. same to, you know, six theaters in Montreal and the, six in Toronto and six in Vancouver. And the piss pucks we got that day in the mail were more useful to us than yeah, this trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just that. And I think it's like a lot of businesses are like that where... They're used to a certain thing. They have the budget. And instead of going like, hey, guys, we could save thousands of dollars every year by just emailing these guys a trailer. They just keep going. It's like when you hear about government stuff of like at the end of the year, instead of saying, oh, we could save $500 and give that to some other branch. They go, no, we got to spend it. And then they'll buy new monitors for no reason for their office or something like that, you know? Yeah. But, it, yeah, it's a weird world of – there's a lot of pluses, I find, to digital. Like, I remember when, when the switch was happening, I, like a lot of nerds, were had this horrible thought of, like, it's the end. Yeah. But what I like about it is, is if you're being glass half full, it has seemingly opened up some older films to like get. Bad News Bears, which is exactly, saying in yeah. April. That was never available to us because there was never a print, and now for the first time it's available. Or Dirty Harry, which we showed. Yeah. Did we show it on DCP? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. 
And I remember this was right after we got the DCP, we screened Christine. Right. And we had screened it on film as well, which of course is super fun, but it wasn't a really great print. So like the color was really bad and it was scratchy and there was little hiccups once every 20 minutes because a little part was cut out. I remember watching the opening of Christine on DCP and just the color was so bright and it was clean and crisp. Yeah. And that made me go like, okay, well that's nice too. You know, if you had to pick between a bad print or a good DCP. A bad print. Yeah, yeah, I, I you were a bad print. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I was talking to the same guy who owns a cinema in the United States. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so familiar with Christine. I don't need to see right. it looking pristine. I can go home and watch that. But, you know, there's something lived in. There's something about the movie now. The, the print lives, you know. Yes. You go to the museum to see to look at a painting on the wall, and you'll look for the imperfections, and you'll look for the, the, the frame. And so when you watch a movie, a print in the theater, I don't know, there's something, there's something telling about you yeah. know, the scratches and the burns and the, the bad cue marks or what's missing. Where did that go? I mean, it's not, it's not we're almost not worth the price of admission for everyone else who comes to see right, it. Right, right. But for me, that's what I prefer. And, and Saturday Night Cinema is giving, oh, le- Saturday Night Cinema is giving lend to that. You know, sorry, Saturday Night Cinema is giving lend yeah. to that because I feel like we can get away with it at Saturday Night Cinema. But charging tickets to see Christine, yeah, it's, it makes more sense to show the DCP. Personally, yeah. I'd rather say, I'd drive to Toronto to see the print if they had a print. Plenty. And it's like, I remember we screened Batman 66 on film yes and it, it was just clinging to life it was barely yes, alive yes. and we had we had a, a cool crowd so nobody complained yeah. or anything but there was so much missing like chunks and there was one part where the crowd laughed but they went like to the bat pole Robin yeah. and they just made a step towards the bat pole and then it cut and they were outside driving the car yeah so you missed the whole like going down the bat pole yeah. two three lines of dialogue jumping into the car I'm okay with that. Yeah, see, so and 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 I would yeah. prefer seeing it all. Seeing it all, yeah. yeah. I totally get the the nostalgia and 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 of the print and and the the, mm. the coolness of the print, but then the and there was one. This was ages ago. It was a western we screened for like a midnight movie, and there was something horribly wrong with the soundtrack. So it just did this like loud screeching. What was that? And it and it lasted. It probably lasted like ten minutes, but it seemed like. Two hours because there was just, there was some was flaw it? in the print where, where I, I remember, remember Johnny Guitar. I remember showing us uh, showing prints and the soundtrack would be kind of yeah fine. I love it. Um, I was in uh, Toronto because of the shrink when the print shrinks. Well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Film shrinks before nineteen ninety six. It'll be like it, a it, yeah. So the the sound, the optical sound, will go where the sprockets are supposed to be or something. So yeah. you lose. Yeah, but it, it was just clockwork orange torture. Like it was yeah. horrible. I was in uh, Toronto the, uh, yesterday, yeah, and the night before, and uh, I was, maybe I'll go see a movie. I had no, I, I had no friends who really wanted to leave the house, the hotel room for, <laughs> so I thought I'd go see a movie. And I noticed in town they were showing the double bill. I won't tell you the name of the theater. Tenabre, Dario Argento's classic Tenabre, mm-hmm. and uh, or Tenabre, however you want to say it, and um, the Human Tornado. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa! And I called the cinema. And I said, hey. <laughs> Are you showing 35mm prints of both those movies tonight? And she goes, oh, I think so. Yeah. Well, I, I just drove from Ottawa. Can you tell me? He's like, hold on. It's like, no, we're showing it uh, di- digitally. And I'm like, do you mean you're just showing the new Blu-rays that just came out? No, no, no digitally. No, no, yeah, okay. <laughs> I just stayed in my hotel room and ate a box of crackers. I mean, that's great that they were showing those movies, but it wasn't worth the drive across Toronto to go to. I, for me. Yeah. I, I would have, you know. Because you could just watch those at home. 
Yeah. yeah, but see, I argue that it's not the same watching it at home. Like, if you're at a theater, and if you're, if you're watching... It's exactly the same. No, but you can't, you can't fit... <laughs> the communal aspect is... Yeah, you can't fit yeah. 100 people into yeah. your living That's room. That's what makes it worthwhile. Your, your biggest TV at home isn't as big as the screen. You know, probably don't have a good popcorn machine at home. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah I, just, I think there's something cheap, though, when... You know the multiplexes put on these. They, you know, you go to the ticket different yeah. piss or shit at Silver City. They're good for that. You go in and they have these little posters inside the crappers now that say, "Oh, come see for two dollars right. heat," and they'll have some like new classics or old classics, yeah. and they're just showing Blu-rays yeah. or the studios. Just you know, DCPs are most, mostly made from the same file as the Blu-rays. Those older movies that were right, right, yeah. it's the same exact files. And I think there's something cheap that the studios are giving audiences. I think yes, you're right. The best thing about seeing a movie in the theater is the communal aspect you have with the crowd. You can never get it home, and it goes a long way. You know, when I saw Rogue One for the first time, I'll always remember even like crappy movies, like new Ghostbusters movie. I'll remember the right, kid, right. the boy sitting beside us singing the Ghostbusters theme song before it started. You know, you can't get that at home. And yeah, that that is the best thing about seeing movies on the big screen. Yeah. But there's something really, really half-assed about the way studios are putting on these, and, and the big chain theaters putting these movies on the big screen. You know, it's sometimes, for me, not worth the price of admission to go watch a Blu-ray quality mm. movie on the big screen. Yeah. So, but sometimes, you know, like some of the studios, there is exceptions. Godfather, I think, is 4K restoration, and we can get that DCP in. But, you know, for the most part, if you talk to these people I book movies with, they don't give a shit about anything that's oh, yeah. more than three months old. Not yeah, a that's shit. True. <laughs> well, like like, yesterday's newspaper. Yeah. It was a while back, but even like we would screen like Bugs Bunny, a bunch of Warner Brothers shorts. Yeah. Oh, and you would think there'd be somebody there who liked their job and was yeah. thought it was really cool and thirty five millimeter print. Yeah, curated like put together ten or twelve and said, "Here's a list." Both the film version and the digital version, they messed up. They didn't know what they had. Right. They sent us the wrong list. They said, "I think on thirty five, they sent us one with two of the same short on the same thing." Like just all these mess ups where but I would I like to say that there is a big quality difference. So yeah, Blu-rays. Are, it's it's high definition, right? It's one. Yeah. It's equivalent to one K. A Blu-ray, the best Blu-rays are equivalent to one K. Now there's four K TVs out now. Oh, I was just meaning about the people putting together stuff yeah, that oh, they I know. send you. Like, I know, but I, yeah. yeah, but you made me think because going to see those Looney Tunes movies yeah. on 35 millimeter was sensational. Yeah, there's no Blu-ray in the it world. Looks it looks better. better. Than a you can see the fingerprints on the cells for the. Oh no! Yeah, it was just too bad that they don't know they, what they have. They don't care. They and don't sent care. us the wrong list. And yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't care about even organ. Oh, it came back from a theater. This one's out of place. <laughs> yeah. Let's fix that so the next theater who rents it yeah. will know what they're getting and they don't care and then films went missing so like some theater in Saskatchewan ooh I'm gonna keep oh yeah, yeah. Know, one of these because they know it. they're not gonna notice they're not gonna notice yeah uh, but to go back to 35mm versus staying at home watching it on Blu-ray right so your TV's HD that's 1000 lines of resolution that's 1K yeah when you come to see a movie at any theater in Ottawa any of the Silver City that's 2K that's twice the resolution right. of DVD and, and HD 4K is out now on TVs but there's no 4K cinemas in Ottawa there's no 4K projectors they say there is right. but they're just 2K projectors on top of each other right <laughs> it's true <laughs> so 35 millimeter is equivalent to 6K so it's still in terms of resolution and picture quality better than anything you can see at home. Yeah. They'll eventually catch up to that. They say the new Mac Airbook will have a 6K or an 8K screen. I don't know what it is. But right now, film still is the, the best quality. Can you imagine 70mm is like 12K? What's like? Isn't there a point... I just read something about this where there's a point where 
Because we're, we're going to peek out, like where the, the human eye and brain is only yeah. so good. I wish they would just make a standard. What I loved about yeah. standard today is the standard definition. From the 50s to the year 2000, yeah. we always watched standard definition. And, you know, you could collect and it meant something. Now, I just got back from Toronto and spent a shit ton on Blu-rays. And I thought to myself, and I got home and I put them up. I'm like, I'm never going to buy those movies again. I really want this. To, I hope, you know, yeah. Love Camp number 7 never yeah. comes out of 4K, 4K. Blu-ray. Because I just... It's, it's, an, it's crazy enough that it's 1K, that <laughs> yes. movie. Yes, I do like my Women in Prison movies. I'm sorry if that gets me kicked off the yeah. show. <laughs> no, I love them too. Yeah, but it, yeah, I don't want to. I want to stop spending money. I want to just yeah. collect and make it worthwhile. Like DVDs didn't last long at all. No, you know, like I, I remember buying laser. Yeah, VHS didn't last really. Oh, it lasted a lot longer. But, yeah, but. I just want. I want the President Trump. If he's going to do one good thing <laughs> in the White House, put the thing. We're not ever going to go over 4K. That's it. Then you know. Well, even law. <laughs> like Blu-rays, I'm I'm not a giant collector, but I I, I won't pay more than ten dollars for a right. Blu-ray, like, right. and I'll just wait when it's like on sale and get something. With, with rare exception, I a lot a lot of money I was spending in Toronto was, was for Saturday Night Cinema. Like I was yeah. getting stuff. Let me just say one film I bought on Blu-ray, which I probably won't show at Saturday Night Cinema. I got the Serbian film. And the guy oh. I, who bought it, I bought it from me had a cocked eye. Yeah. And I'm like, don't ask me too many questions. I don't love this movie, but I have to get it. Yeah. Because the Blu-ray is put out by the studio that we booked the movie with who's no longer distributing the movie. There's yeah. no one distributing the movie in North America at all. I wonder why. And, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> and, and so this Blu-ray, I'm like, I'll never see this again. It'll probably never... This movie will never be released in high. So I got to just be for the sake of owning it and at least having it because it'll I'll never see that on the shelf again. Yeah. And a lot of some of the things I was finding there too, I was thinking, oh, I could eventually show here at Saturday Night Cinema. And, and then I got Bridges of Madison County because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he gave me a cocktail look when he got that. Don't ask me too many questions. It's like the scene with, with he got Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> And Serbian film. In one, one bag. In one per- they passed me the bag over the counter. Yeah, it, like, uh, he has a receipt that has <laughs> those two films listed. Clint Eastwood would slap me. He'd be saw it inside my bag. It's like that scene in American Graffiti when you're buying a bunch of Blu-rays and you're like, okay, I'll get Tootsie and I'll get uh, Bridges of Madison County and I'll get Hamlet and I'll get Fantasia, and I'll get Serbian film. And get, <laughs> yeah, it's like when you go to buy condoms and yeah. you throw in well, it was and Serbian film was found in, besides the Clint Eastwood romantic uh, film yeah. with Meryl Streep, there was Love Camp number seven. Yeah. Which and, is romantic in its own yeah, way. There were enough uh, sleazy movies in there that made, yeah. you know, probably made me think that he would never invite me over to his kitchen for an <laughs> omelet. Uh, but why are you selling these movies? I don't know. It's, it, Bay Street Video in Toronto is sensational. They only have two rolls, rows of Blu-rays, and it's the best movies I've ever seen for sale anywhere in Canada. I remember back in like my video store days, they'd have you know VHS previously viewed. And sometimes people come in, and there's stuff where... You, there, there's stuff that's just on Blu-ray or DVD or VHS. I was like, why? No one's ever going to watch this again. Yeah. Even just movies that I enjoy. Like, I'll yeah. watch, like, a really heavy... Like, Manchester by the Sea. Great film, but I'm never going to watch it again, probably. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Star Wars or Ferris Bueller or Muppet Christmas Carol, that's kind of, hey, it's Christmas. Let's watch It's a Wonderful Life again. And somebody came in and bought the, the really heavy, musical, depressing... Oh, shoot. Who's the guy? Something who, we showed here? Who's the guy who does all the depressing... Uh, Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier. What's the Lars von Trier oh, movie? Uh, Dancer in the Dark? Dancer in the Dark. Oh, about the poster. No, about a VHS copy. Oh. When I worked at the video store. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking to me. And I said to them, I was like, so is this going to be like, you're going to watch it every Thanksgiving with Grandma? You know, there's some movies like movie. that where... I could watch that movie. I could just yeah. never watch it because they're so... 
or like we screened that one where it was like this really heavy movie with uh, almost like a post-apocalyptic dog movie where there was like dog fighting scenes in it and stuff like that. And I, it was good, but I was like, I'll never watch that again. There's two. Oh, Dance in the Dark, I love. What you, you made me want to say something about. Oh, yeah, so that's the ultimate test when I get home from a movie. Right. And my kids, and my son usually always asks me this. So, did you like the movie? I'm like, yeah. It's like, yeah. would you buy the Blu ray? And that's the ultimate test yeah. because, you know, even if I like something, I'm like, no, never. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even sometimes I don't like a movie and I'll still buy the Blu ray because, <laughs> because I'm See, I, you, you have a problem. You have a problem. <laughs> Like, I have Grudge Match on Blu-ray. I hated that movie. Yeah. But I have it on Blu-ray because I have a Sylvester Stallone library. Collection. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm proud of it. Um, I just don't have... Brad Bridges in Madison County found its way into my bag with Serbian film <laughs> because I have a Clint Eastwood section. Yeah. Oh. See, I, I see everything, almost everything here. I only yeah. go to the multiplex when I get, like, a free pass. Yeah. And really, like, even if I wasn't involved in the Mayfair at all, I, like, I'm pretty much at that point. Every time I go to the multiplex, I have such a bad time. That I would just be like, yeah, I'll just go see everything at the Mayfair. Yes. and Well, it's worth the wait. I mean, Rogue One, I think I said this last Yeah. Week, look great here. And our bulb's about to go out. We're getting a bulb, the new bulb yeah, today. Yeah, today, as we, yeah. <laughs> and our bulb, you know, I, I wasn't too worried. It looked sensational because, yeah. you know, at Lucasfilm, they color correct on the big screen. And we showed our bulb... I may ask Marcus to rotate the bulb to give it, you know, some extra oomph, and it just looked so good, and it really was worth it. It was the best screening. I've seen it seven times in the theater. It was the best time I've seen it. It was here twice. Anyway, Wait, so it is How did you see it seven times? Where do you find the time? See it well, seven I saw times. it three times within the first 24 hours with my son. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I, I, because my, you know, again, it's like my, I, when I'm with my kids, I always tell them some of my favorite movie going experiences, and Phantom Menace came oh. up and I said yeah hands the, down <laughs> when I, I lined up and camped overnight in a parking lot yeah and saw it at midnight one right. minute after midnight that, that day it opened May 25th yeah 1999 and then we're driving home we went by the Silver City saw it at 3 o'clock in the morning and then I went again at 7 so within a 24 hour period I saw it three times so Max thought that was so cool yeah like, I want to see Force Awakens that many times and then Rogue One we had. so it seems like something we're going to do for the rest of our life we should talk about the movies in the Mayfair but we'll, yes. not to get off the topic because we are talking about Star Wars and I wouldn't mind yes. giving a little shout out to Darth Maul who we missed uh, I don't want to ruin anything for you, but he's yeah. finally dead. And, and and oh, on the TV show, yeah, he's finally passed away, and it was really great. Twenty minutes of animation, it was sensational, and it was like a little samurai movie. They, Dave Filoni said he drew a lot of inspiration from Samurai. So Darth Maul is no longer with us. Oh. So, and Andrew's looking at you like I'm yeah. talking of <laughs> like with a, an ill mind. I always <laughs> laugh when we talk about multiplexes. TV, <laughs> you know. Well, we're supposed to be promoting La La yeah. Land. Yeah. And Donald cried. Donald cried looks great. Are you going to come see that? I'm going to, Friday night, tomorrow, I'm yeah, going to come might. see La La Land and Donald cried. I'm going to do a double bill. Who's the pr- pr- producers of it's Donald cried? It's David Gordon Dave, Green and Dan McBride. McBride. Star of Alien Covenant. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And East Man and Down. Those are the two reasons why I want to see it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I really, I don't know what you call this genre. I think by mistake I called it like the dumb guy genre. Yes. But, but I, I, think I, I, I like these movies. I like the these. The Brothers. I think we owe everything yeah. the Coen Brothers are making stupid people heroes and protagonists. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, it looks really funny. La La Land, like speaking of our, we'll have a nice new bulb, as you said. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, that Friday night. Uh, that's, I watched it the second time here recently. And yeah. It looked great. sounded great. The theater was packed. It's a super movie. It's so funny. because like, but it is. And I'm going to buy the Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> La La Land? Huh? La La Land. La La Land, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, have you seen it yet? Yeah. 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 
sometimes we'll have a movie and I'll do I'll be doing you know the Twitter for it or something like that. And sometimes it like anything you know every movie we screen can't be a five star classic. Sometimes it's pulling teeth trying to find a quote from a critic to put in our what little movies. Would they, I never, know, never. I thought we only <laughs> showed good <laughs> only movies. Show good <laughs> but man, La La Land. If you go to Metacritic. It's just this line of 100, just like yeah. five stars, you know, over. So it's like no shortage there. But I always laugh at, there'll always be, you know, there's 100 reviews. 80 of them are five stars. 19 of them are four stars. And there's one guy who's one star. Yeah. And I'm like, who are you? Like, what? But, and you're the point. He's the manager. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always fascinating. People, no, there's a, you know, that movie is so popular and so beloved that there's always people who want to shit on Something good, yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah. It's cool if you really like something, like music, to hate what's on the radio. And yes. if you really like yeah. movies, it's, it's cool to hate all the things that are in the theaters. Yeah. And, but you know, to go back quickly about why La La Land looks so good here, it looks the DCB looks so great here because it was shot on 35mm. Yeah, right. like Rogue One was. Yeah, 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 exactly. That was shot on like 70 a lot of it yeah so you know when you have the right bulb and you show the, D, the, the DCP in the right theater you look like you're watching film and there's some little imperfections in some of the focus pulling in La La Land which I love noticing you know there's some long takes especially when she does her audition mm-hmm. you know when she's doing her, her yeah, last audition yeah. movie, and the camera is pulling away from her and just for a fraction of a second she goes out of focus and I'm like I love that because yeah. they're shooting on film and they're yeah. shooting and, and if it was digital they could, they could uh, lock down the focus but you're shooting with a movie camera, there's, there's a camera operator and a focus puller. Yeah. There's two different people doing it. And, and so it's a little trickier. And it's a bit more cumbersome of a machine. And I love noticing the imperfections because of me. And without reading the end credits, New right. Year's 35 then. Uh, John Wick's great. John Wick 2. John Wick 2. Is it same, same writers? I think a different director, though. No, it's the same director. Same oh, director. director. You know okay. the, you know who, do you know the story about who directed John Wick 1 and 2? No. It's, it's a great story. I'll try to be quick. For 30 years, Keanu Reeves had one man who was a stunt double since Point, point Break oh, onwards. Cool. And this guy had no aspirations to be a filmmaker. He just was a stunt double because he looked like him and he was a good martial artist. And then he made The Matrix with Keanu Reeves and Matt Yuan Wu Ping who totally inspired him. He had his own studio in Hong Kong and now had one in L.A. because of The Matrix. And he thought, wow, he's a real filmmaker. Maybe I can do this. So after The Matrix, this Keanu Reeves stunt double started his own studio. Right. And, and, and now it led to him directing John Wick 1 and 2. And, and I love I, that. And that's why the quality of filmmaking that movie is so strong. Yeah. Because he, you know, he was inspired by U.M. Ping. was one of the best. John, yeah, John Wick 2, to me, works a lot like The Force Awakens in, in a way. It's, it's not... the it's not the best in the series. Oh, there's only two. Yeah. <laughs> but it gets you really excited for part three. It gets you really excited for the next film. Yeah. The way Force Awakens did. No, I, I, I like Keanu. Keanu's one of those actors who he's good at a certain type of thing, I find. Yeah. Other type of movies he's in, I just doesn't work. But if he's playing like this kind of character, he's almost like a Western, like a brooding anti-hero or his kind of funny dumb guy thing. That's all his of, wheelhouse. All of a sudden he's got good body language. Yeah, you know, he's really physical because of Yuan yeah. Wu Ping and the Matrix. Like that changed his life too. After making the Matrix movies with Yuan Wu Ping and these amazing martial artists from Hong Kong, he would go on to direct his own martial arts film, The Man from Tai Chi. And martial yeah. arts is now a big part of his life. And so John Wick Two fits right into his wheelhouse, as you put it. Yeah, because he gets to be physical. He doesn't need to speak a lot. Right. And, yes. Uh, yes. I, I don't. I'm not, I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but maybe there's something about his voice. But I, he is really great with his physical, his body language. What I've heard about him, that's acting too. Yes. Oh, yeah. People think 
acting is just you know spouting lines, but no. you know, what you do with your body is a lot. Yeah, like that's why I like going to strip clubs. Yeah. Those young girls <laughs> are really good actors, performers. What I've heard about Keanu is that the reason why he gets a lot of jobs and and has never been had a hole in his career is he's a really nice person. Yes, he seems like it. He will do anything. So if you're doing a sports movie, he'll train like hell for that. If you're doing yeah. a, a music movie, he'll learn how to do all this stuff. He'll never complain. He'll do it. So there, it's, it's interesting to see that even in the Hollywood world, there is just a point of like, yeah, we could work with that guy, but he's difficult, or right. Keanu. Yeah, let's get Keanu again. Yeah. And he and so for these martial arts movies, he'll train like hell and do all this stuff. So yeah, so like that's a, the, his career is is based on him being a nice Canadian boy who will work really hard. <laughs> and the other thing it's got going for it is Franco Nero, the original yeah. Jan- Django's in it. He's, yeah. Oh he's, yeah. He's got a. It's too bad he didn't have a role like this in in in, uh, in, in uh, Django and Django Chain. Chain. I think he wanted to have a role like this. Yeah. He's actually got a big meaty role. And uh, as like, the again, Italian uh, hotel manager. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. Super. It's like the Italian continental. And then, Kitty, oh, Kitty? Oh, uh, Kaidi? Kaidi, yes. Which is a... Is a, that how you pronounce it? I I don't know. K-E-D-I. But it's supposed to sound like Kitty. Or Kitty? Like is that... Kitty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a, a cat documentary. It looks amazing. Like It, it, it does. And I think the people who live alone with cats are weirdos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think it, I like the idea of the, the, the movie. And it's been doing gangbusters at the bike. It's a Turkish production. <laughs> Like Turkish Rambo. Yeah, Turkish Milo Notice. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's obviously a ripoff of <laughs> Roar. <laughs> Turkish Roar. Uh, El Camino's back. El Camino's back for a second week because it's been doing insane numbers. Uh, it, it's something I point to when, although we have the reputation of a grindhouse cinema and we do that kind of stuff as much as we can, we love doing it, yeah. our box office is really older folks and kind of middle-aged folks who come to these documentaries because this documentary has been, I, I think I worked like an a afternoon matinee for it, and it was like 200 people. It, it, just crazy. And we're bringing it back for a second week. Now I dare, a Mayfair member, yes. to go to Saturday night, the Saturday yeah. night cartoon party yeah. at 10 a.m. Yeah. and come to Saturday Night Cinema. And if I do, uh, All the way and, through. Andrew will give him a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's a woman, we'll uh, buy her some popcorn. <laughs> Same. What a great, crazy day Saturday is going to be. And we're opening from we're open from nine a.m. till three o'clock in the morning. There was a, it was we didn't do anything like Saturday morning cartoons, but there was one of our super customers, Brad. He once did, I think, five movies where he did. It was like a one whatever one three seven nine ish, and then we had a midnight movie as well. And I was coming to see the midnight movie. And he was thinking about leaving. And I was like, man, you have to stay. If you did four, you got to do five. Yes. And it was just a day where, I think it was around Oscar time. And so there was like two Oscar movies we were screening and like a kid's matinee he wanted to see, whatever. But he did five movies in one day. Yeah. That's that's the, I'm going to do, I'm working Saturday morning cartoons. I'm going to come to the midnight movie. And usually, to be honest, midnight movies are kind of past my bedtime. Mm-hmm. But our midnight movie is so insane this time yeah. that I can't miss it. And yeah. like it's one of, I, I've said a couple of times to people, I'm like, if you're a movie nerd, you're going to regret it for the yeah. rest of your life. You, you, how often do you get a mint condition 35 millimeter print that is hard to find everywhere? Yeah. And we're not showing Babe picking the city. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought it'd be good if we hype something up, like, just just to the max. And then we're like, and tonight we're screening Smurfs 2. <laughs> Guess we could. Uh, we yes, could. That's, uh, La La Land, Donald Cried, John Wick 2, Kitty, El Camino, and Saturday Morning Cartoons. And 
the crazy, super best Saturday Night Cinema ever. Yes. We're, it's, it's all downhill from here. Yes. <laughs> all... That's right. It'll be lousy after the Saturday Night Cinema. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to get mint condition prints for every Saturday Night Cinema from now on. I think I want to do I want to do in April. I'm excited for April. Yeah. I'm excited to watch April film, but it's not a glorious 35 millimeter print. Yeah. The only one ever made. This is the only print of this movie they've ever made. Amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to tell the story. I can't wait to tell the audience the whole story. It's a long movie. I can't wait to tell the whole story quickly so we can get out of the movie. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be like a, you're up there for like 45 minutes just telling them. <laughs> people are like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stop making crass jokes. I was about, you know, I'm holding back on the show. <laughs> you've, you, you've ruined our, our family friendly <laughs> yeah, rating yeah. for Two iTunes. Job jokes is out. <laughs> I was going to say, instead of popcorn, we should give the lady a uh, motorboating. I don't think that's a plus. I don't know about <laughs> well, he's got a nice beard. It would feel nice, I think. I don't know. I've never been motorboated. But... <laughs> we got to stop. We got to stop. Uh, so thanks for listening. Go visit our friends at House of Tire across the street. They're about to celebrate their third anniversary pretty soon. I think next month or something oh. like that. So that's pretty cool. Go check out Audible. Did you, did you get an audiobook for your big Toronto trip? No. Oh, you forgot. No, I ended up listening to CBC radio the whole way and I actually found out something I'm looking for a, a lip reader if anyone can read lips give me a call or give me an email or shoot me up a message I'm looking for a lip reader a good lip reader oh that's a funny thing we had a lot of feedback last week on talking about Star Wars and talking about Saturday Night Cinema and, and all kind of talking about Color of Money because that came up nothing about poor Neil Breen nothing <laughs> remember Neil we were Green. saying oh. saying if we got some feedback or if somebody that's said, right I was actually trying to think that while we were doing the show yeah well, nothing that, that, that's fine <laughs> no but, uh, not that that means anything but no just, like the right the right Neil Breen fan wasn't listening yeah and that's okay yeah but, but you know, a lot of people don't know who he is yet I mean, oh for sure people love movies and love bad movies don't know who he is yet yeah not that he makes bad movies they're the best yeah they're the best the best. Yes, I have those on Blu-ray. Oh, well. <laughs> no, they're only on DVD. He only makes them available on DVD so far. So far. One day. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening again. All Bye, right, everybody. All right, all right. Bye-bye. Just relax. Drive. You don't look like Miss Daisy. I should be driving. You know fucking Shut up. Have you ever heard the term bioengine? I have one in my chest. There's a corporation in LA. They will pay me $5 million for it. You would be held responsible if the competition acquired this object. You help me get to LA, I'll give you half the money. What do you say? It's suicide. Can we talk about it? Tell me on the way down. No! Come and get it. Lock him and shock him, gentlemen. Tell him a man's life by the kind of car he drives. Who says violence is not the answer? Let's go. We are going. This ain't the Batmobile, man. Good hot day for a killer. We're closing in. Tell me something. Look out! Does everybody live happily ever after at the end of this fairy tale? Good luck everything you have. He's good. This is the original five fingers of death right here.